Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And it is episode 143, I think. So, wow, man. But We're getting uh, real close to the 150. (laughs) Man, uh, as soon as, like, this Mac has, like, messages going to it, and it's dinging in, like, our master file. So, sorry for (laughs) random dings that are coming in. Uh, So, um... Yeah, but uh, what's new with you? Uh, not too much. Just, you know, doing some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, writing, and, writing and junk. What What's new with you, Craig? Oh, wow. How courteous. It only took like 140-something episodes for me to care. Well, I'll tell you the bright side of my <laughs> week has been uh, getting a little bit of home time. Am I right? You know, just hanging out at the house. Um, no, I I don't know. Been Christmas shopping online, which is very anticlimactic because it's like bought and I'm done, you know. So that's a thing. Um, but yeah, just basically doing the doing more of the same. Hadn't really uh been a whole lot of anything. Cool, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. I'm I'm glad I finally asked. <laughs> well, I mean, some weeks there's more than others, but this week not yeah, really I... so much. Man, you know, uh, it's funny. Like you get in like these YouTube, uh, you know, rabbit holes. Yeah, and I'm like, should I start a coffee mug business? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like novelty coffee mugs? No, nah, just like custom whatever people want, man. Like the technology, it's pretty much there. So like no ideas of your own. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I mean like obviously I would I would make some to sell like with a design, but it's like, oh yeah, you want you want one with your little, you know, your wife's face on it? You want a wife face coffee mug? Well, there you go. You know? Um, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I haven't ran that past my wife. I'm pretty what sure. Started, what started a coffee mug? <laughs> I don't like, know. Why did? Why was that your go-to? No, no, no. Well, I buy a lot of random-ass coffee mugs. Um, but uh, it wasn't. Uh, what happened was I was looking at uh, the screen printing stuff that we had done, you know? And then that... Uh, I wanted to see, I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> That's how it started. Actually, how it started was, what was the name of that button company we used to use? <laughs> I couldn't remember. I thought it was like Button Badger or something where we would get our parts to make them. And yeah. so then I did that. And then I was like, what's that button company? And then it suggested like a screen print thing. And then I went down to the screen print rabbit hole because I was like, why could we never really get our screen printings? Like, I wonder what the deal was. Like, we had nice stuff, but on the flip side, we we also had some that came out all smudgy. And so, yeah. so it was literally just like that. It was probably user error. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then then it went from that to, like, uh, to like it just auto-suggested, like, coffee mugs. Uh, and I was like, how the, how the fuck do you screen print a coffee mug? Like, just out of curiosity. And then it was like, oh, my God, this is not, this is not bad. Should I start? start a coffee mug business which i mean i'm into i don't know that it makes any economic sense if i half-ass into it 
I, I think you should go for it. <laughs> yeah. I think you should follow your dreams my wife. of being a coffee mug mogul. My wife's just like, why is there 50 coffee mugs being delivered to us? <laughs> yeah, no. Dude, I could be King of the Mug or something. Hey, that's a good name. King of the Mug. All right. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> is uh, it? Is it a good name? I mean, as far as coffee mug businesses, eh. Probably not still, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's really all that's new with me, um, you know, my quest to, yeah. for coffee mug dominance. Um, yeah, the, and uh, you got any any news for, um, I, you know, from the news machine? I have two things I want to talk about, um, both with sort of kind of large reaching repercussions the warner right? brothers or, or warner brothers is one thing so we can we can go ahead and do that so you know for those that may not heard or by the time this gets released will be very old news um <laughs> warner brothers has says that all 2021 films will be streamed right away on hbo max for one month for one month that's the catch um which is kind of the opposite of what movies used to be, where they had like a certain number of weeks that they had to be in theaters before they could be anywhere else, mm-hmm. right? Is what the usual agreement was. So it's like, yeah. So so HBO Max straight away for a month, and then it can resume their um, normal theater run and then come back to HBO for a little while. Yeah. Or, or after a while. So my, my only thing is it's unclear whether or not they're just going to be straight available for on HBO Max just from day 1 or if it's going to be like what Disney Plus did with Mulan where, where you yeah where you have to rent it so the way so, that it was broken was that it would be just available on it but i agree with you i think that they're going to add a premium to it i mean uh, it's it's unclear whether or not they're going to but like either way this is going to have pretty large standing repercussions you know um because i think disney has already said that they're gonna start doing it too you know with a with a lot of um movies that have been kind of in the can like i think they've talked about doing it with uh the black widow movie because it, it was supposed to be released like in february or something um and it never did <clears throat> but the, the hbo thing there's a lot of big movies coming out from warner brothers next year um, like a lot of like blockbusters. Yeah. Um, like the new Matrix. So, yeah, the new Matrix. James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Um, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, and Dune are all coming out next year. So what I wonder, and here's the reason that I hope that it's for one month. You know, on HBO Max itself. A, so you get an actual month to to watch it, you know, rather than your your oh, rental. Oh, you saying instead of a rental thing? Yeah, sorry, I, okay. I'm still on that. B, yeah. what the hell was the point in taking it to HBO Max if instead of all streaming outlets, if it was going to be a premium buy on top? Yeah, you know what well, I'm I mean. Saying? HBO Max is is owned by Warner Bros. or Warner Brothers owns HBO. The other way around, I think. HBO now owns Warner Brothers. I can't remember which way that acquisition went. Hmm. Well, then I guess that makes sense. I thought that they had partnered up uh, for this. 
Warner and HBO are the same company now. Hmm. You would still think they'd still have to do some sort of entity partner partnering up. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if they're owned by the same parent company. <laughs> I don't know. I am not a business dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, um, I mean, you would just think that. Maybe not you, but I would think that. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> Not you. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I think, and I hate the fact that uh, cinemas are, are failing right now, you know, but there's really yeah. no way for them to be making it right now if you're not supposed to have strangers gathered inside, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So... so I mean, I would love to see a return of the drive-in or something. Uh, Kelsey and I were talking about that yesterday. That like, that like, you know, I don't think that business that cinemas are going to go away, but we may not see yeah. the the names that we're used to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. It's not going to be Cinemark or Edwards anymore, or things like that. M- once this comes back, and Smoke I don't, leaves. yeah, I don't know. But see, I, I think that even after. Like after the pandemic aspect dies down, which we honestly have not really talked much about the pandemic on this podcast because you kind of get it everywhere else. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Uh, No, but like I think that once we return to a state of somewhat normalcy, whether that's next year or whenever. I think it, you're still likely to see a lot of people opt to wear masks for a, a while and stuff. Yeah. And I hate to be um, this guy because, <laughs> but uh, like, honestly, I, I am like, I, I wear masks every time I go to every store. I have no problem with masks. I'm pro mask, you know, so I don't want it to come off like, like, I feel I, like this is weird that you have to like, well, it's weird say that. What, what, what yeah, your point hot take coming. No. <laughs> yeah. no, but I mean, but the thought of like wearing a mask throughout an entire movie, like versus hanging out at my house and watching and not having to, it, like I probably would just opt to not do it, like mm-hmm. and just stay at home. So I don't know what the long term impact of that is, you know, because like you no, know, as soon as as soon as people get into that theater. They're gonna they're gonna take off their mask when it gets dark. <laughs> I'm sure they're already doing that, right? And they're just coughing. <laughs> yeah, and so. see, I've always even you know me, I've always been like germaphobic, and the thought, like, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I remember Kill Bill one feeling like I was going to straight up die because in the theater. The guy behind me kept coughing, the guy next to me kept coughing, and the guy in front of me. And I was looking at, at the girl I was dating at the time, and I was like, where is our exit? Like, we're getting bombarded with all these fucking germs. You know? Like, I've always I've always been germophobic. So, maybe that's less of a mask type thing, and more of just my natural propensity to lean into just staying at home. <laughs> but but to me you know like like i said i wear a mask at work wear a mask to the store i really don't mind it but whenever i'm I'm relaxing do i want would i am i going to opt to wear it it's not my natural inclination to so i I just would stay it's the reason i hadn't gone back to the movies right now you know like i don't really want to wear 
a mask for two and a half hours while I smell popcorn. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, I, un- I understand. I mean, like, it's... I mean, I guess we'll have to see what happens, you know, once the vaccine starts rolling in. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, because I got a hot take for vaccine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope that it, there's a very quick, successful rollout of those. Um, we're getting a bunch local. I mean, I know we're getting way off topic, but 57,000 are coming local within the next few weeks uh, to some certain hospital. Obviously, yeah, they're not they're coming. Yeah, they're all going to start hospitals and stuff. Yeah. I mean, coming to our area, not across the yeah. world. That would be a drop in the bucket. Like your specific area or like mine too i believe it's probably medical center in houston because they yeah, they've been very <laughs> they've been very vague on the what hospital they're like a local hospital is getting you know <laughs> because they don't want uh all the fucking craziness to just start you know like <laughs> the, what they're injecting you with 5g you know, those pickets, <laughs> those weird old pickets. Um, but yeah. I love the 5G thing because, like, that bandwidth has been in use for, like, decades. Yeah. Like, for other purposes, um, and nobody has cared. But then now, all of a sudden, they're burning cell towers and crap. <laughs> it's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. You, like I mean, you could easily write this kind of shit, but I never would have thought this level of people would err on the side of like fucking like craziness, you know, like dumb, yeah. like this <laughs> level, like it's like oh, cool. The pandemic could be over, but oh damn, <laughs> there's like forty <laughs> percent of the people that think that that's a chip they're injecting you with, <laughs> you know. It's just like oh god, uh, I didn't think that that was gonna be like that yeah you know like you know i know it's cliche at this point but like all the the people who've talked about how you know it's always been seen as unrealistic like how people react in zombie movies and stuff like that when they when they see like zombies for the first time Mm -hmm. but it turns out it's like not believing that they're actually zombies or anything is totally par for the course you know (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I think honestly, after this shit, like, we're going to, because like you said, in the past, it's always been like, why are people in movies acting this dumb, right? Yeah. But now we're going to have to, we're going to be like, wow, why weren't there more dumb people? <laughs> you know, like, why aren't why they? more zombie hoaxers. <laughs> <laughs> zombie truthers. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Maybe we scrap this entire segment. Yeah, and then and then there'd be like a a, a person on Twitter that'd be Xeonon. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's out zombie truth. <laughs> yeah, he's got zombie level clearance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh the world is crazy, man. It's crazy. All I can say is just be careful and take care of those that you love. But other than that, it's like, oh man, I don't know. Like, I just want to stay inside now. 
<laughs> I gotten like the point where it's it's like you're past the uh, you know cabin fever aspect of it. Oh yeah, months ago. You know, where you're just like, oh, I'm home and it's cozy. No, I'll <laughs> tell you. Like a few weeks ago, we were gonna meet uh, one of my wife's friends and hang out in her driveway. And this is like a, a newer type friend, but our kids go to the same school and stuff. And so, like, we were going to hang out in their driveway and just basically me meet them and her, you know, hang out, right? And I'm just like, why do we have to? And she's like, Craig, we haven't hung out with people in literally months. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't I don't know them. And, I mean, it was fun and all that, but, like, it, it was, I was like, why? Like, I could just hang out at home. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely fine with uh, any sort of cabin fever. I'm I'm good with that. Like I'm past that. Yeah. But whatever. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Nothing. Well. Wait. Yeah. So what was your second piece of news? Now that we covered my second <laughs> piece of news, um, involves someone that we've actually talked about quite a few times in recent uh, episodes. Is Clive Barker again? Mm-hmm. Right. Because uh, the Hellraiser rights have actually, like, they will revert to Clive Barker in December, like next year. Mm-hmm. So he's been. In a- oh man, the the it's all cut out real bad. I cannot hear you. Oh, oh, there you so, are. So, uh, okay. So he he's been in a legal battle for a while now to get the rights back, um, because there was uh, the. There's a law that was passed in 1976 um, that has to do with copyright laws, and it's about how if you were in a bad position um, to negotiate your contract or to negotiate your um, rights away, mm-hmm. right, then you can wait 35 years and basically renegotiate to get them back, mm-hmm. right? And so... Uh, apparently that's happened with um, Friday the 13th, but that wasn't like yeah, as big of their Friday the 13th is like a crazy battle for rights. Like it's nuts. And it's, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. So, so Clive Barker actually has been like awarded his now, uh-huh. um, but it doesn't go through until December of 2021. But this could mean Huge things for a bunch of other 80s horror, you know, because like, you know, uh, because they're all about to hit that 35 mark, you know, that 35 years mark where they can fight to get the rights back. So I don't know what kind of, you know, longstanding legal battles we're about to see or anything like that. This one took. What, like over six months of litigation or something like that? I don't before know. it came out to this but it is it is kind of um what's the word I'm for exciting in a way uh-huh but I don't know what this is gonna do to the Hellraiser series that's being planned yeah either yeah I I don't know I mean I think that the Hellraiser series had his involvement in it anyway. Yeah, right? he's like so, an executive. Producer. So I would think that it probably just kind of helps him, you know, more piece of the yeah. pie for him. 
But I mean, that's why they had the Hellraiser revelations and and mm-hmm. all was just to extend their their rights, you know, basically to screw him. And so we got yeah, like the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I don't know if you saw Hellraiser Revelations, but it was, <laughs> it was. Uh, I heard that it was written in one weekend, shot in two weekends on fifty thousand dollars, and I believe it. Like, <laughs> like, I, I, I that's been I a decade ago. I, I mean, I haven't watched it, but I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Yeah, Bill came over to my apartment. Bill from Longbox Small Talk. A decade ago when this came out, he came over to my apartment and we watched it and it was so much worse than either of us thought it would be. It was so <laughs> bad. Um, Man, I've heard good things about, there's a new movie on Redbox and on demand called Buddy Games. Have you heard about that? I have not. It's it's uh, not horror, you know, but at this point in time, we can't really be too choosy about what we're getting. But it's basically kind of like um, if uh, Cheap Thrills was a like Cheap Thrills meets like friendship. Like there's one rich friend and he's bet like being like for fifty thousand dollars, you guys do this, you know, and it's a, all of his core group of friends. Go and and they play the buddy games, and it's. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I've heard that it's super lowbrow, not like making any sort of critical. Like it's really low rated on Rotten Tomatoes. However, at least I I think it is. But um, but uh, however, the people I know that have seen it have said that it's really good, like that it's dumb and funny, which I'm fine with that. Let's see what yeah. it is. Buddy games on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, twenty percent. But audience score, six, <laughs> audience score, sixty nine percent. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you want to get into book or movie? Yes. All right, we'll be back with our review of Freaky, the brand new Blumhouse movie. All right, we're back. We're talking Freaky, brand new. Blumhouse film, uh, Vince Vaughn vehicle, if you will. Um, Directed by Christopher Landon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, sorry, I I meant to have the summary pulled up. Here it is. I Uh, figured you did. That's why I was kind of giving you the assist. Oh, thanks. (laughs) So, (laughs) 17-year-old Millie Kessler spends her days trying to survive high school and the cruel actions of the popular crowd. But when she becomes the latest target of the butcher, the town's famous serial killer, her senior year becomes the least of her worries. When the butcher's mystical dagger causes him and Millie to magically switch bodies, the frightened teen learns she she has just 24 hours to get her identity back before she looks like a middle-aged maniac forever. So this just came out three weeks ago in theaters and on demand last week. Um... And yeah, it it is uh, that synopsis is pretty spot on. Uh, that's far, the plot. Yeah, that is. <laughs> not only is that the plot, that's almost all that happens. Like that's like a pretty uh, comprehensive plot. Well, I mean, the the thing is, this movie is Freaky Friday, right? Freaky Friday um, and the Hot Chick, which are kind of the same movies, but also kind of not. You know, it's a gender gender swapping Freaky Friday. Yes. Uh, oh my god, I actually watched one of those the other day, um, but I what? don't remember which one. What it was? Just one of the guys. 
No. Um, I also watched Switched, I think is what it was called, the other with with uh Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, yeah. This the change up? Is that what it, Yeah, 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 that's what it was called. Because the switch Switched, I think was the with other one. Jason though. Bateman where he like switched the donor the sperm donors of his best friend, Jennifer Aniston. Right. <laughs> right? Like she was getting a a sperm donor and he switched it. With his. Right? I don't remember that. <laughs> that movie's that movie's a little creepier than you would think. Like for a major, you know, Jason Bateman PG thirteen film. But yeah. Um anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I watched the change book. Yeah. That's funny. No oh 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 no. The other one I watched was uh it was a Disney TV movie. Um, that had uh, the one of the kids from Cobra Kai in it. <laughs> oh, was it the kid with the cleft palate? It was. Yeah, that kid's all over Disney. But I, uh, oh, man, I know what movie you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> well, I, I'll get it. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> um, it is Freaky Friday. Um. Sorry, now I'm just... I can't remember. The okay, swap. The swap <laughs> was what it was called. I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm a fan of the 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 body-changing movies. Uh, you I know? am too, hence why I've watched three in like the last <laughs> month. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase it. I'm less of a fan of you. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I always like these these movies. They're, they're dumb. They're fun. This one was pretty interesting, though. Like... Okay, so after Scream, there was uh, movies that kind of got meta and stuff like that. And I feel like this rode all the way up to the line of being, like, smart in places and then just backtracked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because it did, the beginning especially felt like Scream. Like, it was, like, Scream 100%. Like, even the beats. They go back to school and talk about how crazy it was that they're... <laughs> classmates got slaughtered and all that kind of shit like it was yeah. straight up scream but then I, also I think it was funny that the the text alert they got that was from the news <laughs> that was just like, like brutal so crass yeah because it was like local teams brutally murdered <laughs> i don't think they would say that on like a text alert yeah yeah i laughed about that too um <laughs> that they used brutally <laughs> um but it was um okay so i w i i feel like this this trailer itself was very polarizing a lot of people were like fuck that that looks stupid you know what? get that yes a lot of people like were were really really anti this trailer when it dropped because it was horror but it wasn't you know but i mean you could imply that to so many different things this falls directly in the camp of like happy what was it uh happy death day you know, well, I mean, the same director directed it, and it felt like it. But where, yeah. whereas Happy Death Day, you know, was PG thirteen, did not need any gore, anything. This felt less, even less, of a horror film to me, but with a, quite a bit more gore. You know, this was firmly rated R, but yeah, but it, well, I think I, I think maybe what it was was like. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of aspect of horror is like the unknown. 
mm-hmm. you know, and and it's like you don't know like where the killer is or blah 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 blah, right? But there was none of that in this. You know, it's like you followed the the killer a lot. Like it was it was like they were a main character. Yeah, you know so what I mean? there was nothing scary. And I think that takes away Yeah, and so it takes away like the horror aspect of it because it's all right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, that. Yeah, it makes And sense. I think that's why it didn't feel like an actual horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was I'm not going to say. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> you know, Freaky Friday meets <laughs> meets a slasher." Like I I Yeah. Wanted, I wanted to see it. It, it to me it, it sold me on the trailer and I really really uh I was totally down for it. But a lot of the people there was a lot of but it was among like horror purists which I hate to uh get into that but a lot of the Do pure, it. well no it. just <laughs> purist of anything. You know, we we grew up playing punk music and you know, I I've always liked punk rock and horror movies and the purist in both places kind of suck. They're elitist shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> like it's true though i've never seen well i have seen metal as well but there's so many like purists in there uh that it's annoying uh just shut up I mean, and purists in general you know whether it's like you know um you know like you said like punk or even like classical music they could be pretentious assholes um or even like some things like like honestly like pipe welders and stuff like that. Like the ones who are really into it, like to into anything Whoa. become like elitist. <laughs> I didn't know you hated <laughs> pipe welders so much. No, no I know no, what no, you're I'm talking saying, about. Like, like the people sort, that define like, themselves by, by uh, something else tend, tend to fall into that. But I don't know. I, yeah. I think a lot of my, a lot of my personality is defined by being uh, into, into scary movies and shit. And well, yeah, you're an elitist. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I, I could see the argument made. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that I'm a uh, purist. Uh, like I enjoy whenever uh, movies, especially movies, uh, take risks and, and even mm-hmm. if it's like i love like straight up you know cookie cutter this hits all the metrics of scary you know i like that but i also like whenever people take risk and stuff the only thing i yeah. haven't dipped into much except for recently i finally watched uh the mummy with brendan frazier uh, yeah i never you, watched never it. seen that no. before you know me and blockbusters i just don't do them really um, Dude, that movie's great. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was good. But uh, I I basically skipped almost all of the late '90s, early 2000 horror adventure or adventure horror movies like Van Helsing and that you know where Dude, they Van Helsing's also awesome. And <laughs> Underworld, you know, other than obviously, you know, Kate Beckinsale <laughs> was. Yeah. Uh, I never watched any of those, so I may go back and give those a shot because those really were ones that whenever they came out, those in Resident Evil and all these little adventure horror, I, I just wrote them off, honestly. So I will go back and check those out because I did like The Mummy, but I don't know that I'd call Van it a Helsing. horror movie. <laughs> Van Helsing has, honestly, one of my favorite werewolf transformation scenes of any, yeah? like any movie. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to. Have to give it a, a chance. It also has a very surprisingly dark plot. Really? Like, yeah. Like, 
it's 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 really dark <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'll take your word for it um but back to freaky so yeah. this movie for all of the dark content did not feel dark at all because yeah. it was mostly I would say most of the plot was just a fish out of water watching Vince Vaughn be a 15-year-old girl. You know what I'm yes. so him like a 15-year-old girl in Vince Vaughn's body and just lots of uh lots of the uh absurdity of the situation. And it was funny. There were parts that were really funny. Uh, the her best friends. Uh, I don't know either of their names. Nyla but, and Josh. Yeah, Nyla and Josh. Both of uh, like Nyla was more of the the uh, you know like straight Level man. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but Josh was just like crass and over the top and hilarious. Like the chemistry between all of the actors and everything felt great. Like it it was it was funny as shit in places. Now there were certain scenes that were absolutely horrendous, <laughs> and only you, you one. Throw any of those out? Well, huh? I think you want to. Well, yeah. The only one that really sticks out that was like oh, really was the the dressing room scene. Oh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and I couldn't tell if they were like, if they were in on the joke, you know, like if the filmmakers were in on how bizarre that got, you know, I think they were. OK, because uh, one of one of the hallmarks of the the um, body swap comedy mm-hmm. is when there is a uh, romantic tension between the the swapped character and a character who likes the original person, not the swapped one. You know what I mean? Like, likes the person whose body they're in, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, a hallmark of it is some sort of romantic or sexual tension between those, mm-hmm. right? And I think they did it on purpose because, A, they did it again with a different character later, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever they were in the car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but with this one, if we can just, I guess we can go ahead and say who it was with. Yeah. It, so having it be with the character's mom <laughs> is, is like a real, like awkward subversion of that. Yeah. So I think it was 100%. They knew what they were doing, you true, know, true. And, to, and, <laughs> to do it that way. But the way it came about literally like the mom works at a retail store and Vince Vaughn goes in to try on a, a shirt and she's like, well, well, he goes in there. He's hiding, he's hiding, but yeah. But anyway, and so she's like, can I help you through the door? And he's like, just trying on this pink polo. And she's like, I got my husband of pink polo, <laughs> you know, and it's all through the door. <laughs> and it was so bizarre that, that the organics of that conversation coming about in general was the weirdest <laughs> part of it. Like, obviously you have that whole, like, I shouldn't be here, you know, and it's the main character does not want to be in this situation. Even in movies like, you know, back to the future where his mom was <laughs> coming on to him in that movie too. You know, but like you had that aspect, but just the organics of this conversation made no sense to me. Like I've never had a salesperson be like, you know, like 
have any sort of extended conversation with somebody like with me over the door, you know? Well, you know, I think, and also like in a lot of these movies, like the, especially these that involve like a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like one of those conversations happens where, um, the parent like starts to understand their kid, but by talking to this random stranger. Mm -hmm. And so you think it's going to be one of those, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, you think they're going to talk about, um, you know, maybe cutting the kids some slack and letting them, you know, leave the nest or whatever. But it takes like a hard 180 degree turn and goes into like, almost well one-sided sexual tension yeah and it even <laughs> starts like playing like sexual uh, music too you know <laughs> like when it does take the turn um yeah but yeah i don't know i thought it was i thought it was funny and it, it yeah awkward. <laughs> yeah no i i agree it was funny it was awkward but but it just was like i was laughing at it not with it at that point you know oh, what i'm saying yeah yeah and, and so so that was one of the few uh, times, uh, but whatever. I mean, like, <laughs> it was just a weird scene, and the fact that it lasted, like, way, really long. <laughs> so long. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like uh, one of the more amateur aspects. But there was so much to like in this movie, too. Like, if you're into, you know, fun. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, I liked it a whole lot. Um, I have one... Um, criticism Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it's it's kind of strange okay because i think vince vaughn did a really good job being a um you know 15 right like you know that sort of aspect of it Mm -hmm. the problem i had was a lot of the mannerisms and a lot of the um, way she portrayed herself or he portrayed her didn't feel like the character did initially before the body. Exactly. Yeah. There was one scene where uh, Vince Vaughn, where she, when she's in Vince Vaughn's body starts like running and it was like, like really prissy. But this character starts off as almost like a tomboy. You know what I'm saying? Like she wasn't overly prissy mannerisms she so. wasn't overly dramatic you know but she was whenever she was vince vaughn uh, i mean maybe th- there's a couple things i can see um explanations for it number one um i don't know how i would react if i woke up in a different body you know uh, so maybe, uh-huh. maybe maybe you do react a little differently than you normally would b there might have been some scenes that were rewritten possibly you know what i mean like like maybe some different scenes in the beginning or maybe they filmed those later you know like and and it was like they had already established a certain way of doing things and then whenever they shot the actual beginning of the movie it was different i don't know but although like he did a good job of being a 15 year old girl or whatever he didn't seem like that 15 year old girl yeah yeah no, I agree. Um, the what was the other movie that was like, or the hot chick? Same exact thing with Rob Snyder in, <laughs> in that film. Um, did the same thing when he was uh, playing, like he was Rachel McAdams, you know her character. Mm-hmm. He was over the top, 
uh, w- with very feminine uh, mannerisms and, or very just prissy type mannerisms, you know, overly. Yeah. And and then she wasn't, even though she was more of a girly girl than this character is in this movie. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, I get it. And Kelsey and I were both kind of laughing about how over the top Vince Vaughn was acting <laughs> with this. But it was... I don't know. For what it is, it's a popcorn movie. It's dumb. Yeah. It's fun. I I did really, really uh, enjoyed it. Um, I feel like there were parts that were lagging, like just that one scene that went on way too long, and the fact that they tacked on an unnecessary ending, you know? But And the fact that it was so tropey, which I get that movies have to be tropey. They're tropes for a reason and all this stuff. But literally, whenever, when I saw an ambulance, I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, we're going to get a second ending. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like because of, unless the camera pans up from the ambulance and, and goes into credits, you're getting a second ending anytime the killer's dead, but, but there's an ambulance. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. You could make an argument for the need to be a second ending because what's another hallmark of a body swap comedy is or a body swap movie is they have to learn a lesson and like honestly yeah her there was none of that her... <laughs> yeah yeah well true you know, like, true because like, i thought uh, going into this i kind of thought it was going to lean more into the freaky friday aspect of it and vince vaughn's character in like the killer inside millie was going to teach her like that she needed to have more self-confidence or something. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the way it was going to go, but it had none of that really, you know, there was no like lessons learned. It was just basically, Hey, we need to find, you know, the dude before he kills people in my body. But but you bring up a really good point. So I usually do Craig. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that may be the hallmark of a body swap movie, but the hallmark of a slasher movie is that the final girl has to kill and and so by tacking on the second ending it fulfills that it fulfilled both of them and and also more if you want to get into some of the more psychological uh analysis type aspects of it the the girls are supposed to stab <laughs> penetrate the uh <laughs> The killer, you know what I'm saying, and so, yeah. uh, so I don't know. Wrapping it up, my part of the review, um, I really enjoyed it. Thought the kills when they were there, which this movie's not a huge body count movie, yeah. um, were all semi inventive. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I remember like when the first one happened, um. I was like, oh, that's a unique way to kill someone. It was like my, like I said out loud. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I felt like it was, it was inventive. It was fun, but it was also not really inventive. Like it was, it was like, yeah, I don't know. Like the, the, the merging of the two uh, things were, was inventive, but the fact that they were so tropey wasn't, if that makes sense. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun. Uh, I don't know that it's gonna, <laughs> you know, change the game in any way. But it was fun. Um, I think if you like Happy Death Day, you will like this. And mm-hmm. I would say ugh, strong three and a half out of five. 
I think that's fair. You know, there there's a lot going for it, but then, like you said, it didn't bring like a whole lot new to the table. Um, but I think I probably enjoyed it maybe a little bit more than you did. Um, I'm actually going to go four. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. I have another day on my rental. I'll probably watch it again, which that mm-hmm. means something, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, well, cool. All right, we will be back with Dance With Me by Rocky Alexander. And we're back with Rocky Alexander's Dance With Me, a novelette of horror. Um, okay, so here's the, the, the synopsis. It says, Zoe broke up with Robert on the day of their high school graduation, but Robert isn't ready to let go. What starts with a creepy phone call escalates to a night of horror. That's the whole thing. That's super accurate. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a novelette. It's a short book. There's not going to be like, you know, Lord of the Rings level plot in there. No, yeah, for sure. And it was, I thought, like, whenever we were going to, uh, you know, when we decided to cover this, because this was released for free a couple weeks ago, we were just like, okay, let's give it a shot. Because we tend to uh, do that, or we get review copies. (laughs) Like, I mean, yeah, there's there's others. Sometimes when something has a lot of hype, we'll do it. Like we did uh, Clown in the Cornfield recently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I'm not familiar with Rocky Alexander. Um, I, I don't well. do what you cut out. I'm not either. Yeah, yeah. I I don't never read anything by him. Um, or her. I don't. <laughs> I don't even know if, it's, <laughs> if uh, Rocky Alexander's a man or a woman. I, I I assume it's a man. Rocky's generally a man. Kind of like that movie Rocky. Just digging yourself in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looks like a dude. He's got a backwards baseball cap and a goatee. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. So so anyway. Um. So again, unfamiliar with the author. However, um, you know, we decided this to check it out. In this, this book really, really reminded me of like paperback horror. If that makes sense, like just pulpy horror books from like I don't know the the freaking uh, who is it the leisure leisure horror books the like like Layman or something. It didn't really remind me of Layman because it wasn't really trashy and there were no men, <laughs> no uses of the word rump. Richard Layman does. Uh, <laughs> He says rump a lot more than most others. And it wasn't really like Ed Lee or anything like that. But I just feel like it would have fit in with that leisure, the leisure line of paperback uh, books. Um, It it was very, very much a uh, just a almost like the book type equivalent of Freaky, where where it was just like a popcorn book. (laughs) You know, it was fun. It was a fun, quick slasher uh read and I do not regret it at all. Um that said, it was only like fifty pages. <laughs> you know, it was very, very short. Um well I mean okay, so the alright, it's a slasher, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like you know, at this day and age, you kinda have to bring you gotta, you gotta do something different. Right? Like we talked about how um <laughs> 
okay, we talked about just a second ago how freaky, I believe we both said, didn't really bring anything new to the table, but in the slasher aspect of it. The whole plot was different because it's like a body swap thing. You know what I mean? Like, that was a new take on slasher, but the actual slasher part of it was color by numbers, kind of by the books. Yeah. Right? Um, And I think I kept waiting for a twist there was a, in this there book. was a twist there was a twist but like i don't know if it was if it was surprising oh really yeah i, yeah. I liked it i i thought i was surprised now i will say the red herring i i knew was a red herring yeah that's what i'm saying so it's like uh, you know, the the actual, like, I guess, content of the surprise was surprising, but the fact that it was going to be a surprise was, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I mean? Without trying to spoil it, I think this is actually pretty. Is it new? Yeah. Oh, wow. No. Huh? 2020. November? November 8th. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. <laughs> we lucked into covering something new. <laughs> Um, so I don't want to spoil it too, too much, but it's like the fact that there was gonna be a twist was obvious. You know what the actual twist is maybe was a little, a little bit more interesting. But I don't know. Like there was something about it that kind of left me wanting a little more. I could see that. Um, and and I totally get where you're coming from. Like. With the fact that this doesn't like reinvent the wheel, or not that not that I'm thinking that you're like, you know, doesn't reinvent the wheel one out of five, you know, like no, but we I need square wheels. Okay, so <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, no, but I don't know that this book was trying to trying to do anything other than be just a slasher, and yeah. at that, I feel like it 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 was fine. Like I get where you're coming from though. I do understand that. But for me, I enjoyed the shit out of this book. <laughs> like I thought, I thought now if this was 200 pages with the same plot, I would have been like, come on, there needs to be more, you know, yeah. but, but something short. Sure. Like I, I, I love slashers though. And I feel like you and I, are different on that where you you're lukewarm on slashers and I'm really like, I love them. I don't know. There's, there's some that I really like, like, um, you know, it's, it's ones that have a, uh, a unique voice, like, um, like scream, mm-hmm. you know, or, or something like that. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it, with the right kind of slasher, I really like, but like when it's just kind of just like, here's a dude with a knife, yeah, yeah, I got it's you. It's kind of like, okay, I've seen that before. Yeah. You know? See, okay, what's weird... But on the flip side of that is there are certain genres that I don't care whether or not it's... Uh, so, so, like, you know, weird, like, religious horror. You know, I'll watch that no matter what. <laughs> you know, it's like, See, I'm I'm less less into, like, uh, uh, the occult type stuff. What, what's odd also is I think I like the the slashers that are the whodunits similar to this uh you know where it's like a masked slasher that yeah. have no supernatural elements more 
than those with like a Freddy. Like I, I, I love Freddy Krueger, Krueger as a character. And I love Friday the third, or <laughs> I love Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Streets over Friday the 13th, even though I like both of them a lot. Yeah. Um, but to me, for some reason, whenever the slashers start incorporating elements of, of supernatural in it, uh, they kind of drop me, even though I like both of those as just like body count dumb movies, you know, they're, yeah. but, uh, but I really, really like this, which I would hearken to more of a kind of, I know what you did last summer, not, not the book, but the film series, uh, since they were a little different, um, I feel like it was kind of that where it was just a, you know, guy in a mask coming and you feel like, you know, who the killer is, even though there's some sort of reveal. Um, I don't know. I I really liked it. I I thought that this was well written. It was well done. uh, But I do agree with you. It didn't, it didn't, uh, change the game as far as slashers go. Um, yeah, didn't... I mean, okay, so I like because uh, I think a lot of it was you know really well done. Like I think the the character of Zoe and stuff was a, a well written character, right? But I think some of the action, like towards the end, got a little messy. Not hard to follow. Like, yeah, like it was like. Um, something would happen and then it would like characters were in a different place and stuff than you expected them to be. And it was like, it got a little messy. Okay. Um, I, I didn't take note of it, but I do remember rereading some of the, that just rereading to try to place it, but it didn't jar me. It didn't jar me. I thought it was user error. I read this at two in the morning. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought that that was on me. So I, I could see that. Um, I mean, unless both of us also had user error. Did you read you know, it at like, two in the morning as well? No. <laughs> After midnight. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, but come on, it took like thirty minutes. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not like a long book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like. Some of the action was a little hard to follow, but to be fair, I think writing action, especially like chase scenes and stuff has to be like the most difficult thing. Probably so. (laughs) In fact, even like on, you know, if you start reading screenplays, a lot of the time it's just like, and then he kills her. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't really do a lot of the action because it's like, okay, we'll let the people choreograph it. It's more visual. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I I didn't feel like it didn't take me out of the story or, or anything. I honestly, I feel like books of this size, especially at this price point, where you know, either a buck or less that are like under a hundred pages, are more mm-hmm. of a a um proof of product for an author. You know, like yeah. it, it's like okay, is this an author that I would check out after? After yeah, it's, like, it's almost like a commercial sure. for the rest of their body of work. Sure. And from or that, demo reel. I felt like he was very good. Okay, <laughs> so this book has has scenes where, I mean, I don't even think it's even divided into chapters. It's like one long short uh, story, right? Yeah, it's got like the little asterisk 
they put sometimes. Yeah, yeah, to kind of. <laughs> uh, but I think that this book, he was very effective at, at allowing time to pass without over or under explaining things like, and that in and of itself for, I assume that he's kind of a newer author. Um, that in and of itself is good. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, authors tend to let scenes last too long or go too short. Um, Mm -hmm. whenever they're newer authors. Um, and this was well done, very well done. You know, it's like, we they ate they ate angel hair pasta and watched a sci-fi movie about a guy with two brains and it's like okay i know they're night you know i yeah. i and i remember that sticking out like uh, wow he was able to cut through the bullshit uh really well on this um you know jeff strand is <laughs> Uh, sorry, I go back to Jeff Strand as a, a huge fan. He's probably the best I've ever seen at cutting through bullshit. In, in fact, he often doesn't have dialogue tags for extended like pages. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just boom, 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 bunch of different dialogue, no tags, no anything. And he's very well, like he does that on a level that I've never seen. And this was very effective on that. It was very well written is all I'm you, saying. You should see... Uh... <clears throat> is it Cormac McCarthy? Have you ever read any of his? No, I people I have uh what is it? Uh it's Blood Meridian. Yeah. I, I have that on my TBR pile, but I never it's one that's been skipping down for years. Like I don't know that I'm gonna There's go. there's no explanation of who's saying what. Uh-huh. And there's no punctuation. No punctuation? <laughs> yeah. Oh. He just like doesn't. Well, there's like periods and stuff, I think, but there's no commas or anything like that. Oh, I hate that. <clears throat> People love them. Um, I started reading the the road. It's real good. Yeah. It takes a little bit of getting used to, but yeah, yeah. People say that that's like that and Blood Meridian are some of the most effective. Uh, horror ever written even though other people yeah i picked up blood meridian too oh really Um, did he have a sale or something no just decided to do it (laughs) (laughs) okay well i mean uh, i i was interested if he had a sale uh because i want to grab the road but at the same time it's like man i need to just read blood meridian (laughs) um yeah there's periods but there's no um commas or anything like that really huh yeah um. No. Okay. So all I'm saying is that this was well written, and I enjoyed. Yeah, it. Yeah. The pace. The pacing. I think worked really well. Yeah. Like, like you said, it, it. It. He knew when to go into detail, when to not. Mm-hmm. You know, when to just kind of gloss over things to keep it, keep it interesting. No, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I thought it was a. I thought it was a enjoyable book. Um. I just think some of the. Uh, the ending especially was kind of messy. The action. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you that reveal, uh, that reveal got me. I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, it was like, I, I knew, I knew there had to be something different, you know, Mm -hmm. um, than what was, what was going on. Um, I mean, I thought, I mean, it was pretty good. It was kind of the opposite of, uh, you know, Clown in a Cornfield last week. We were talking about how 
it was kind of interesting the fact that they revealed uh, who and what was behind it so early and was able to maintain the pace for like half it the book. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the third act is like half the book. Um, and it's not an overly short book. I think it's probably about 300 pages or something. But um, it was kind of the opposite of that, where it was like, you know, the reveal was held till like the very end. And yeah, the last like last two pages. Yeah. Yeah, and so, or, or the final 4%, assuming this is a 50-page book. <laughs> uh, but no, but I, I was just like, man, what? No, really? That was who did it? <laughs> it got me. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'm going to say this is a four out of five, and I will definitely buy the next thing that Rocky Alexander puts out. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing more of his stuff. I know he's actually got quite a few stuff already. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, then I guess I will. For some reason, I, I did not. You know, it helps if I research just everything yeah, a lot that, better. That would not be on brand <laughs> for the show. Um, um, yeah. But, I mean, it, it looks like, you know, there's um, some short stories and, and things like that. Oh wow! And this only has uh, this only has two ratings, so I'll give it a rating because I I'm terrible about rating on Amazon. And I should, especially for indie horror. Um, yeah. But anyway, all right. Well, we'll be back next. I didn't give it a rating. Oh, you! <laughs> I know what you get. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I, I'd say I'd say you know three and a half. I think it was it was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a short read. There's not much really to be that critical of. Um, but yeah, three and a half. I'm I'm interested in seeing what else uh, he's got. So well, cool. Well, we'll be back next time, and uh, after next episode, we'll be doing our year end podcast Crazy. that may be interesting hey i got an idea for uh a series of books that may be interesting to to cover next year the dark tower <laughs> no 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 this is three books but we'll take it offline the lord of the rings <laughs>